Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Here comes a lightning bolt. Charger fans are witnesses to history. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go. Welcome everybody to the Lightning Round Podcast. I am at Garrett Sisti, Jamie at Lightning underscore round. And today is our last draft podcast. With our draft profiles, we are covering the interior defensive line, and then we'll get to some mocks a little bit later before the draft. So first, uh, we want to say off the top, a big shout out to everybody that is listening to the podcast. Uh, We just want to thank everybody. Um, I know we've had some conversations online about this Patreon and everything, but I think uh, first off, Jamie, we should thank just everybody because uh, ultimately this podcast is still going because of anybody who's part of Patreon or not. So just want to say thank you to everybody listening. Uh, we appreciate every single individual that listens to the Lightning Round podcast. Yeah, definitely. Big thank you to everybody. We really appreciate you listening. Obviously, there's no reason to do the show unless everybody's listening and uh, <laughs> we're aware of that. So thank you for the support. Thank you for everything whether it's interacting on twitter listening to the show patreon whatever it might be however you choose to support the show um we we love all of you we appreciate all of you uh we don't want you to feel like you know you're somehow not appreciated if you're not on patreon that couldn't be further from the case um 
everybody is very much appreciated. So thank you all. Yes. Thank you, everybody that's listening. And this is the portion of the show where we also give a special thanks to everybody that has joined the Patreon. Uh, and so let's go ahead and give a shout out to a couple people here. Then we'll get on to these uh, interior defensive linemen. Uh, first off, a special thank you to Jared Blake. Big thank you to Eric Lai. Mike Denton. Thank you to Thomas Zablinski. Brennan Gad. Matthew Montgomery. And a special shout out to our next tier, Chris Maurer. So thanks everybody for joining the Patreon, being a part of that. And also we've got uh, something kind of special over there right now. We uh, got a, a so little insight on the Chargers uh, top people they've got on their board. Uh, some of the players that they value more than others, the top five. So uh, make sure to join us over on Patreon. Thank you so much for joining and also for listening to the podcast. So let's go ahead and get into this, Jamie. Uh, the Chargers added two interior defensive linemen in free agency with Austin Johnson and SJD. So the need is a little less than it was before free agency, but still they need some depth on the interior. That is a fact because they still are rolling with Jerry Tillery as a starter <laughs> as of today. So uh, let's get into it. And uh, first one is a popular name. Let's talk about Jordan Davis. Yeah. So Jordan Davis, obviously the defensive tackle from Georgia. Um, the first thing that stands out about Jordan Davis is that he is hands down the best run defender at any position in this draft class. Uh, he's a monster of a man, played most of the season at around 340, 345 pounds this last year, slimmed down to, I think, around 330, something like that at the combine. And I think continuing to slim down at least a little bit will help him uh, take better advantage of the athletic traits that he showed at the combine. But uh, Davis is a densely built monster of a man with really long arms and a powerful lower half. Um, he's very difficult to move in the run game. He can one gap or he can two gap. He primarily two gapped in college. He was asked to basically occupy as many blockers as he could in the middle of that defense, uh, take up space and create room for the linebackers to come down and make plays. And he did that in spades. He was very good at it. Davis has a very violent initial punch and very strong hands. Uh, he does an outstanding job of controlling multiple gaps with his length. He strikes, latches on, locks out, and sheds blockers to make plays in both A-gaps. Davis flashes a bull rush as a pass rusher. He also has a bit of a swim move and a push-pull move, um, taking advantage of those strong hands and the length, like I mentioned. Uh, he has the power and quickness to penetrate if and when needed. He just wasn't asked to do it too much in college. Um, Davis shows the quickness to cross the face of O-linemen of o and get upfield. He abuses centers. Basically, any center needs a double team to block him. Most guards are going to need a double team to block him as well. Um, the hands are active and effective. And if he gets his hands on you in terms of finishing, you're probably going to go down because he's the strongest guy on the field. So he's not going to miss a whole lot of tackles. Um, in terms of things to work on, I think Davis has a tendency to play a little bit too high at times uh, because he's so big and so strong. He can get away with it because he's hard to move, but it's something he'll have to improve on at the next level. Uh, he's not quite as effective on outside run plays or stretch plays uh, due to a lack of playmaking radius. He can move a little bit, but he's not going to be a guy who's making plays up and down the line of scrimmage between the letters or sideline to sideline. Of course, that's not why you're drafting to begin with. Um, he Window dressing can give him some issues. Play action, uh, motion, RPO, things like that can make him stop mid-rep and think about what he's doing. Uh, 
he is currently really more of a pocket mover or a pocket collapse than he is a pass rusher. He's not somebody who's going to get to the quarterback a lot. I know there are people projecting that he can do it, but it, it's not something we've seen consistently on tape. It's more of a flash here and there than it is really a, a consistent thing that he does in his game. So that's really a projection more than anything at this point. There's no real pass rush plan. There's no counters to speak of when he doesn't win off the snap. Uh, he's, and he's more of a waist bender and a waist bender and a leaner uh, than he is a knee bender, which can limit the effect of his bull rush at time to time, from time to time. So I have Jordan projected, Jordan Davis projected as a a starting zero or one technique and an odd front. I think he could probably play in an even front too if he really needed him to. Uh, he's a guy who immediately is going to be one of the best two down run defenders in the league. The big question with him is, is he going to get to the quarterback? Will his hand technique develop? Can he improve on his pad level? And will he be able to, to take advantage of the athleticism, which to this point really doesn't jive with what you see on tape with him um, consistently at least. So I think there's the potential for him to be a three down defensive tackle in the NFL, but I think most teams are probably primarily going to look at him as a two down two gapping uh, defensive tackle at this point. I have an 84 on him, which is a mid second round grade. I think once the grades come out, he's probably going to wind up being a mid to late first, just based on the scarcity of first round picks in this draft class, true first yeah. round grades. Mm -hmm. um, so I have an 84. He is tied for my defensive tackle one in this class um as a as strictly a two down run stuffing nose tackle at this point mm, but man yeah we're we're really close on there and he's also tied for me too uh yeah so davis is a one-of-a-kind athlete as an interior defensive lineman he's got rare blend of speed and length he's explosive off the snap he swallows up blocks with ease fights up double double teams and like jamie mentioned he moves the pocket. He's more of a pocket collapse or pocket mover. Uh, he is a great a run defender, but he did not offer a lot as a pass rusher with the elite athleticism like Jamie's talking about. I mean, you can project that he can be a much better. I, I believe he'll be a better pass rusher in the NFL than he was in college. Wasn't asked to do a lot of it, but I think, you know, when you project that it's, it's kind of hard, but I think he will be better than he was in college. Uh, he has some versatility. He, I think he's probably going to be a zero one. I think you could probably kick him out to, uh, as far as three dependent because of the athleticism. But, um, the other thing too, is he was on the field for less than half the time for Georgia. Uh, it's a question that teams have to ask themselves because that D line was stacked, but, Davis really should have been on the field a lot more, and he wasn't. Was that a coaching thing? Was that a motor thing? Um, there's obviously a big question mark. So you know that he um, that he's raw as a pass rusher. He obviously elite run defender. Uh, he's got and best in his class. I agree with Jamie too. Best run defender of these defensive tackles. Uh, he's got limited snaps in college. So how high is too high for a player that won't be an every down player right away? Jordan Davis is a rare breed with elite athleticism, size, length, and power who will no doubt be a better pro than he was in college. But while his passing uh, chops need work, if he, if, and when he does put that together, he has the opportunity to be really, really special. The issue for me, and I, I get a lot, there's a lot of projection here, but athleticism does not equal a better pass rusher just because he is the best athlete at his position at his size ever at the combine does not automatically mean he's going to be Aaron Donald because he's an extreme athlete. 
yes, he could be better than he was in college, but I don't think you could start to project him as a five to seven sack guy right away. He he's not going to be an every down player for one. I think, you know, the floor for me is a very, very, very good run defender right away on early downs, first and second down. But to me, just like Jamie's mentioning, I, I the pass rushing chops is a projection at this point because we saw next to none of it in college. So for me, I'm a little bit higher. I have an 86, but we're still in the same range with a mid-second round grade on Jordan Davis. Yeah, I think to your point about the snaps, I think he played somewhere around 32 or 33% of the snaps in college. Um, a lot of that had to do with his role, I think, because he was such a good run defender. He was playing first and second down. A lot of it had to do with the depth that – that Georgia had on the mm -hmm. defensive line. They had so many guys who could play and make plays in different ways that they were just trying to keep them all fresh and keep them all on the field. Um, and also they were up 30 plus points more often than not <laughs> mid, early to mid third quarter. So he wasn't playing for a quarter and a half of most games. That'll obviously hit, uh, hurt your snap counts quite a bit. So can he play more snaps? I think he probably can. Mm -hmm. Is he going to be, you know, Sue Aaron Donald level pass rusher? Probably not. I guess it's possible if the hands improve and the counters improve and you cut him loose a lot more. But I think if you're drafting him, you're not you're not drafting him to cut him loose as a pass rusher. You're drafting him because you need somebody to plug up the middle. Mm -hmm. And you're probably going to have people behind him who can get to the quarterback. So I think yeah. his opportunities at the NFL level, at least at first, might be limited to get to the quarterback. And I think most of the time when he gets to the quarterback, it's going to be more of a effort coverage sack he's collapsing the pocket somebody's making the quarterback step up and he's getting those long arms and big strong hands on him and dragging him down i don't think it's going to be a you know shooting through the b gap the a gap killing a guard with with speed and quickness and exploding up field and getting i just don't think that's his game right now mm -hmm. can it develop because of his athleticism maybe but it's a big projection yeah so how are you feeling, speaking of drafting, how are you feeling if the Chargers select Jordan Davis, who's been mocked to the Chargers, at 17? What are your feelings about it? You know, um, earlier in the offseason, I would have, I probably would have liked it before I saw how things played out with them in the interior defensive line in free agency. In free agency. Um, after watching him in more detail and seeing what they did in the offseason, I don't think that's going to be a priority for them in the first round, unless everybody else on their board is kind of gone. I think they're looking really more for skill player type weapons that can affect the passing game, either on defense or on offense. And I don't think that he fits that bill. If he's there and everybody else is gone and they take him. I mean, I think he makes a defensive line better. Do I love mm -hmm. it? Do I think it's a great use of a mid first round pick? Probably not, but he's probably going to wind up towards the end of a, eight to 10 man board on my short list at 17, depending on what happens, he's probably going to be sneaking in somewhere at the end there. Um, mm -hmm. I just think that there are guys that they can find that can stop the run in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds um, who may not be at his level, but they can play that two down role. And I think they need some interior pass rush right now yeah. more than they need run stuffing. And I think mm -hmm. that plays in, in the middle rounds as well. Yeah, and I think with the moves that they made with Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, they are they have some flexibility there with guys that can play inside and a little bit of out. I think you've got two good run stuffers and adding a third one, you're kind of missing the pass rush. I know Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa helped that, but 
yeah, I think they've got enough flexibility with the guys that they added in free agency that you don't need to get a big bodied man to anchor the middle. They've got enough flex flexibility and versatility with the two guys they got. And I'm with you. I would much rather them start to look at defensive tackle at the earliest in the third round, but probably early day three to get some depth in there. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think, um, you know, if they're on, if they're on the clock at 17 and Stingley is gone, which he probably will be Dax Hill is gone. Um, all the wide receivers are off the board and there's no say Zion Johnson is off the board and a few other guys are gone. Mm-hmm. Would I hate it if they took him? No, but I'd probably prefer they traded back a little bit. Um, just to add some more picks and get some additional value. Uh, I just don't think it's a dire need at this point. Yeah, I don't either. And I and I'm with you. I wouldn't hate it. Um, I don't think it it has the as big of an impact as a lot of players that will probably be there at 17 at that point. But if everybody's gone and it's the worst case scenario, and Jordan Davis is the one player that falls, I mean, you know, he's pro- probably on most people's board going to be the best player available, and would make sense from that standpoint from BPA. But in terms of you know, making a big splash in the first round. I, I don't think Jordan Davis is it right now just because of what they've done in the offseason. I would not hate it at all. But, you know, I, I'm looking at like a, a B grade there. The, lo, the player's good. Going to absolutely help the run defense with the Chargers absolutely need to do. Uh, they were just awful last year in the run game. It would help, but it wouldn't be the slam dunk home run pick in the first round for me with Jordan Davis. Yeah. I think their off season just changed the outlook on that. Yeah. In a big uh, way. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the next uh, Georgia defensive lineman here that we're going to be covering. And it's Devonte Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt is another athletic defensive lineman. The Bulldogs ran out in the interior. We talked about the depth a little bit earlier. He, they played him up and down the line. They lined him up at zero when Davis wasn't on the field. They kicked him out all the way out to seven tech at times. They used him a lot, a lot in some DT drop packages to cover the underneath, keep an eye on the quarterback. He has excellent get off when the ball is snapped in the run game. He offers a real good anchor and power as a pass rusher has really good acceleration. Wyatt is good at splitting double teams too, but when asked to kind of absorb blocks, he can give up some ground in the run game. He's got above average hands. Uh, we'll definitely need to work on his counters, and he's a little bit undersized for the position, but Devontae Wyatt has some real versatility on the defensive line with excellent athleticism, quick get off, offers some plus traits as a run defender, as a pass rusher who projects as a better pro in the NFL. He's a three tech in my mind, who can kick inside in certain packages as well. This is a man who I have tied with Jordan Davis at 86. Uh, my DT1 slash A and B are these two Georgia linemen. Yeah. Um, Wyatt is also tied with Jordan Davis atop my board. Really? Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so they both got an 84. So for me, I, you know, I think Wyatt's a guy who generally wins with explosiveness and lateral quickness. We can also see some effort wins for him. Uh, he's, he's very easily able to cross the face of O linemen and slant into adjacent gaps with, with, with great ease. Um, Wyatt has a great motor. He's a guy who's always hustling on the field, looking to make plays. Even after the ball gets past the line of scrimmage, he's trying to chase down plays from behind, uh, very surprising playmaking radius. He makes plays up and down the line of scrimmage. Uh, Wyatt is a guy who's always working, hustling. Like I said, powerful initial punch, really strong hands. The length isn't quite ideal. I think that shows up sometimes in his pass rush. Arms are just a tiny bit short. 
He shows, shows surprisingly good bend for a guy who plays around 300 pounds. He understands one of the things that I loved about him is he really understands how to soften the edge with his hands and his feet, uh, particularly as when he's asked to stunt and twist, you can just see him working around the edge of, of offensive linemen, kind of swatting hands down, working his way around the edge. The hips are pretty loose, which is a good thing to see as he's, as he's making those moves. I think the eyes are always in the backfield for Wyatt and he's quick to find the ball. Uh, he has a, a very quick snatch and grab move, a swim move and a bull rush, a lot like Jordan Davis. Um, he closes quickly when he has a chance to make a play. Like I said, very effective on stunts and twists, a surprising ability to change direction for a guy his size. Uh, I think most of Wyatt's wins come from either athleticism, effort, or being schemed open. He'll lean forward into blocks and duck his head and get out over his skis a little bit. He lacks ideal length, like I mentioned. Hand technique is a little underdeveloped. You can see him using it to soften the edges at times, but sometimes the hands will win if he loses the punch and he doesn't win early in the rep. The hands will stop. Um, I think he lacks counters if he doesn't win with his rush off the snap. He can be easily moved in the run game. Like you said, when he's asked to absorb blocks, he can give up two, three yards. Um, I, I'm not sure he's powerful enough to consistently take on double double teams and win in the at the NFL level. There are times when he can be washed out in the run game. He consistently bounces off of physical initial punches. Um, like you, I have Wyatt listed as a three technique. I think that's where he projects. I do think there is some pass rushing upside for him. He didn't get to the quarterback a ton at Georgia, um, but I think he at least showed a little bit more feel for pass rushing than Jordan Davis does. Yep. He's a little bit more natural at it. And if you mix him up and you use him like the Chargers use Jerry Tillery with those stunts and twists, and you're looking to create mismatches and give him free runs at quarterback, I think he's a guy who's going to close and get those sacks at the next level. Um, and like you mentioned, I think he can play some five tech and some some seven tech depending on the scheme that he fits in but i think his ultimate fit is a three technique in a four three defense um i think he'll probably start out as more of a situational rusher while he adds some functional strength and refines his hand technique but he definitely has the upside of being a three down three tech in my opinion mm -hmm. yeah this is quite honestly a guy if they were stuck at 17 and jordan davis is still on the board white is probably still on the board too Trading back and grabbing a guy like Wyatt would make a ton of sense for me. A, a, a situation I like a little bit more than taking Jordan Davis at 17. Just because of the versatility and the flexibility. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Wyatt probably fits their scheme a little bit better um, in terms of his versatility and able to play his ability to play three, four different techniques on the on the line. Mm -hmm. He's probably a better fit than Jordan Davis is. And like we mentioned, they need that interior rush. And I think if used properly, Wyatt has the opportunity to, to provide that, even though it's not something that he did consistently at, at the mm -hmm. coll collegiate level. Yeah. Yeah. But way, f way far ahead of Jordan Davis in, in that respect. So let's, uh, let's move on. This is a, a f popular name in the second round. Chargers obviously don't have that pick anymore. Uh, this is Travis Jones at a UConn. Yeah. So Jones is a lot like, um, a lot like Jordan Davis, in my opinion, uh, in the sense that he is a zero one technique. He's a guy who is going to probably wind up two gapping at the NFL level. He can one gap or two gap. He has the length of two gap. Uh, he can handle those two, the, the double teams easily in the middle and get movement against them. Big, strong hands. He's got a really violent punch. He punches to hurt people. You can see he shocks people when he hits them on film. Um, 
he is able to deconstruct and play through double teams when he needs to. Because of the hand strength, he's able to kind of jostle guys around. He moves his head around um, to find people in the backfield and make plays in the backfield. So he's very alert, quick to find the ball, quick to react to it. Really, really strong anchor and really strong bull rush. Um, he comes out of his stance low, stays low initially, able to generate a lot of power out of his bull rush because of his length and his initial punch. And he creates some pretty good leg drive. Um, little bit of a swim move, a little bit of an arm over. Uh, saw a couple instances of a snatch and grab as well. Uh, some some upside as a pass rusher. I think he's he's more like Davis than he is Wyatt in the sense that he is more of a pocket pusher. There are some opportunities where you see him get upfield, but he's really not a pass rusher. He's more of a pocket collapser. He's going to move the pocket, push the center back into the quarterback's lap, and maybe get a few cleanup sacks as people force the quarterback to step up. But he's not somebody who's going to be, you know, he's not Aaron Donald. He's not Namukansu. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be just beating people off the ball and getting to the quarterback. It's just not what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some things to work on. Um, he, I, I think there's there are times where it looked like he had opportunities to make plays in one of his gaps. He saw the ball. He shed the blocker. And for whatever reason, in spite of his length, he wasn't able to get there. So you'd like to see him maybe shed a little bit earlier and finish more plays in the run game. Uh, obviously, I think there's opportunities for him to develop hand counters. Uh, the the rush will stall out if he doesn't win initially with the with the bull rush. Uh, the snatch and grab and the uh, and the swim move are still kind of developmental. They show up every once in a while, but they're not consistent. So the ability to, to create counters is going to be really helpful. I think he can still he still has room for improvement in terms of identifying how teams are trying to block him and how to counter them. Um, there are times when the hands and feet aren't working completely in unison, and I think he can do a better job with that. Um, but I have an 83 on Travis Jones. He's my he's tied for defensive tackle two in this yeah. class. Um, I like him a lot. I think if you're looking for somebody to kind of muck up the the, the line of scrimmage, uh, occupy blockers, make the occasional play, and just give the linebackers a chance to come downhill and make plays, I think Jones is a guy who fits that bill perfectly. And you know, playing with with Bosa and Mac on either side of him. You know he might he might ascend into being a little bit better pass rusher. Um, it's not something I would count on, but it, there's there's always that possibility. It's not yeah. why I would draft him. I guess is what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Jones is a big bodied nose with great play strength. We are actually pretty close on these first three. Where uh, we're seeing eye to eye on these. Did I give uh, my grade? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You said eighty three. Eighty three. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. He, uh, Jones can take on and take down double teams with good leg drive. His hands are real good too. Offers first contact with heavy hands. He's smart. He's always moving and navigating everything in the backfield, which I love for my interior defensive lineman. And like Jamie mentioned, he's a pocket collapser as a pass rusher. Uh, he doesn't offer a lot as a pass rusher in terms of moves, but he's still disruptive enough. Uh, Jones is a step slow off the line and isn't really overly explosive on tape. I know that he tested pretty well, I believe, but still not something that shows up on uh, on game day. Travis Jones, to me, is a two-down run stuff for nose in the NFL. Uh, excellent run defender with great play strength while having to improve his pass rushing skills to be an every-down zero tech. But the hands are promising that he can improve in that area as well. So there's some potential here. I think he could be a, a pretty good pro in the NFL. I have an 80 on him. We're still low second-round range for Travis Jones. 
a good player probably won't be there for the chargers when they pick in the third round, but he's a good one. Uh, the next one here, unfortunately is not, and that's DeMarvin Leal <laughs> at a Texas A&M. Uh, but I wasn't all that impressed with this whole group as a whole, but, uh, <laughs> let's just, uh, talk about Leal. Uh, Leal played all over the line at Texas A&M. Uh, he's got a pretty good first step off the line of scrimmage. Uh, looked pretty smooth in space. He's at his best when he's shooting gaps, but when taking on blockers one-on-one, Leal has a hard time disengaging. His lower half to me is his worst trait. It is a big work in progress. The leg drive stalls too often. The anchor doesn't sit well in the run game. And also it just seemed like there were a lot of loafs. I don't know if he was tired. It was a motor issue, but it just, he did not look like he was going very often. A lot of his production to me was kind of those plays that were breakdowns and blocking or the extended plays where the quarterback rushes outside the pocket. They weren't real one-on-one wins. DeMarvin Leal will win inside in a gap penetrating front, but is going to need a lot more work getting stronger with his lower half. This is a day three player for me. Uh, I got a 69, which is a high fourth round grade. Uh, this is a guy people are talking about going in the second, uh, climbing up people's board. Uh, no siree. He is a day three player for me in my book and a guy I'm not touching until the fourth round. This is a kid who was being talked about as a first round pick <laughs> early on. Season. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And he is awful. He was so hard to watch. Uh, so <clears throat> I agree with pretty much everything you said. He does flash the ability to bend the edge. Uh, he flashes a decent inside, sp- inside spin move, an arm under, and a swim move. Um, he's quick enough to slant into gaps. Leal is moderately effective on stunts and twists. Uh, he flashes decent playmaking range. He'll occasionally make the hustle play down the field. He played three, five, seven, one, and zero technique in college, pretty much all up and down the line of scrimmage. Didn't really play any of them particularly well in the five <laughs> or six games that I watched, but he played them. What do we call that? A jack of all no jack of all no trades. Yeah, jack of nothing. He's he's got decent bend. He's able to work through traffic. Uh, he can shed blockers and close and close when he's got a chance to make a play. Uh, for me, I think Leal's a guy who lacks a clear rush plan. He's really lanky, way too lanky to play inside. Garrett mentioned the lower half. I don't think the upper half is particularly strong either. Uh, he lacks length. Uh, you, people are always getting up underneath his face mask and bending him in half. Uh, our good friend Craig Smith said he knows somebody who played against him and he referred to him as a dollar store Melvin Ingram which is a pretty good, pretty, it's actually seems disrespectful to Melvin, but uh, it's a pretty good description. It kind of tells you what you're dealing with. Um, I think he's easily moved out of his gap in the run game. He lacks functional power or anchor to be an interior power rusher. Uh, Lael, I think you could time his closing burst with a sundial. There's no burst there at all. Mm. He has a general look of a player who's going through the motions on pretty much every play. He doesn't have a single skill set or move that stands out at a high level. He's an average athlete for the position with a less than desirable lean high cut frame and T-Rex arms. He's probably the third best pass rusher on his own team. And at best, the second best interior player at Texas A&M. Um, I think most of the plays he makes, like Garrett mentioned, it's when the blocking scheme doesn't account for him. That's how conter- concerned teams are for him. They don't even account for him in the blocking scheme, <laughs> and he just slips through. Uh, 
I just overall very underwhelming. Any kind of misdirection has him confused, completely confused. Uh, I Leal, Leal for me is a he's a tweener. He's a guy who has the lean high cut frame as an edge player, but he's not long or explosive enough to play play outside, and he's not big enough to play inside. Um, I think for me, he's probably going to wind up playing three technique at the next level. You might see him playing some seven technique in a in an even front. Um, I just there's not there's not not much there in my opinion. I think he's going to be somebody who gets moved around a lot in the NFL because they can't find a space for him. It just doesn't seem like anything was developed at all for him at Texas A&M on any level. Uh, I have a 65 for him, so I'm a little lower on him than you are. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually, Still in the fourth I, round. Yeah, fourth round. When I first graded him out, it was actually a 61, and I went back and was nice and bumped it up a couple points. <laughs> so I could, I if somebody took him in the fifth round, I would, I, I'd agree with it. Yeah, Put it that way. There's nothing about him that stands out. But except I agree. his reputation, which is completely undeserved. Yeah, and I agree with you. While I'm watching Demarvin Leal, the uh, Leal, the guy next to him, Jordan Peavy, uh, I I kept going back to going what. Why aren't we watching him? I have him greater graded higher than Leal. He's the second best interior guy on his team, and yet he's getting day high day two hype. This is wild. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, this is a project that you take in day three and hope that you can find a spot for him and develop some of those traits. But I, yeah, man, this is uh this is not worth that hype for me. Nope. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so next one here on our list is Perion Winfrey, the uh, defensive tackle at Oklahoma. Um, so Winfrey is, he's a three technique. He is the definition of a three technique. He's got one of, if not the best first step in the draft class. He's able to, to shoot through gaps, uh, comes off the ball low, has great length. He's able to make himself small and slip through gaps pretty easily. Flashes the ability to create movement with his bull rush. He flashes a powerful initial punch, although it's a little inconsistent. Uh, very solid finisher inside his frame. If if he can reach you, he's probably going to get you. As he starts going outside of his frame, it gets a little bit dicier because there is some change of direction issues there. The motor for for Winfrey always run hot, always runs hot. You know mm -hmm. when you talk about uh, the Marvin Leal, it's like there's no motor. It's mm -hmm. like it's constantly in idle. Yeah. With with Winfrey, it's like he's always in third or fourth gear. It always runs hot. He's always looking to make a play. He hustles every single play. Uh, Winfrey excels at disrupting and causing havoc behind the line of scrimmage. 
He's surprisingly bendy for a guy his size, and he has a really good feel for softening the edge with his hands. Hands are pretty active. He clubs and rips it at OL's hands throughout the rep. He's able to stack and shed. He makes plays up and down the line of scrimmage. Um, he flashes a bull rush, a push-pull move, and a swim move. Uh, I think for Winfrey, he's a little bit undersized. He played some one technique, some zero technique, and some three technique in college. He's all, he can also play some five technique. I don't like him so much taking on double teams as a zero or one technique. I think there are some block deconstruction issues there. He lacks a rush plan. He wins with athleticism and burst up the field. Uh, there aren't a whole lot of clearly defined moves or counters. I think if you can teach that to him, he can be really deadly as a three technique. Um, he can be easily stymied if he loses the punch. Lower half is a little skinny, and it, it can hinder his ability to generate power in the bull rush. Uh, I think Winfrey tries to time snap counts, and while he does get it at times, there are also times where it causes him false start penalties because he's just a little bit ahead of the snap count. Uh, he'll duck his head and lean into initial contact, making him susceptible to push-pull moves. Uh, he spends too much time on the ground uh, against the run, doesn't always maximize his length. He can have a, a hard time locating the ball at times. He'll struggle with double teams, and he's more of a disruptor or a penetrator than a playmaker versus the run. Um, so I, I have an, a 74 on Winfrey. Uh, I think he best projects as either a three technique or a five technique at the next level. For me, I think his tape reveals a player who has the power and explosiveness to be really valuable at the very least as an interior situational rusher because of his ability to get up field. Um, and, but I think he does have the upside of being a three down three tech or five tech. If he gets a little stronger and works on deconstructing blocks, I think the team that helps him devise a rush plan teaches him to play with leverage and develops his hand technique might wind up with one of the best defensive tackles in this class. He could wind up offering first or second round value as a third round pick. In my opinion, I think there's real value in, in picking Winfrey in the third or fourth round and starting him out as a situational interior rusher. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, on the same page. There's a lot to like about Winfrey and definitely a guy that could be there for the chargers in the third round. Uh, good size and length with long arms that help him win. He uses those long arms for leverage in the run game. He rotated from zero to four tech for the Sooners. And like Jamie mentioned, he plays hot every snap. He's quick off the line, will win a lot with hustle plays. And just reading a little bit about him at the senior bowl, he was one of the leaders on defense. He was a big motivator. He was a former Juco transfer, um, all, not because of his skills, because he was highly recruited out of high school, but he just didn't have the grades to get in any of the top programs. So he went the Juco route. Worked his way to Oklahoma, now earned himself as being a higher draft pick in this class. So he's definitely worked his ass off to get where he's at. Uh, he, But uh, in terms of the negatives, uh, he's got kind of a hard time changing direction. Doesn't have the, the nimblest feet for a defensive tackle. And Winfrey played mostly inside at the senior bowl. Uh, he played more end, which, which is where I think he's going to have success in the NFL, uh, like Jamie. Uh, Perry on Winfrey has the get-off-to-win shooting gaps, possess long arms to leverage linemen in the run game, and the motor to clean up plays. He'll need maybe a year or two. Like like Jamie, I agree. Uh, early on, let him be a situational pass rusher and let him find his role as a three-tech penetrator. I've got a 72 on him. This is a guy that's got a pretty high ceiling, a lot of good traits, and somebody that you think you can get 
a lot out of. And I think that's right where the Chargers are picking him in the middle of the third. This could be a guy that you want to target there. I, I liked him a lot. Yeah, I liked him a lot too. I think he's a guy who, you know, he fits what they want in terms of his versatility. He can play some three, he can play some five. Um, and I think he's relatively low floor, high ceiling or high floor, high ceiling, excuse me. Yeah. So, um, I think he has a chance to be pretty good if he gets coached properly. Yeah. Another guy that also has a chance to be really good and a guy that I think is really good right now. And somebody, I think when you think about guys that you want to pound the table for, if Logan Hall is available, give him the gold star, give him highlight his name, pound the table for this man right here out of Houston, Logan Hall. He is a nonstop freight train from start to finish. He uses maximum effort to end every play. He is routinely downfield, not giving up on anything. He's chasing ball carriers 15, 20 yards down the field. He's never giving up. He's got violent hands, and he is looking to dominate on every snap. There isn't a lot of that killer mentality in this class, I don't think. And Logan Hall just pops. He's got that real, real bad intentions every time he's playing. His lower half is really impressive. He can leverage you in the run game, can hunker down when he takes on double teams, and uses it to drive linemen with his bull rush. He is really good at shooting gaps and being active in the backfield. Hall is also a very sticky tackler. He wraps up and forces ball carriers down, and he lined up from zero to four tech for the Cougars. So he can he's got a little bit of versatility on the inside. And as a as a pass rusher, I saw a real nice spin move, a pretty good swim move. We'll probably need to add a little bit more to his arsenal, but those two are NFL ready right now. He might get knocked because of the size because he's 6'6", but he's only 283. So some teams might think that he's light, but to me, Logan Hall is a starter right away. A year or two while adding some bulk from being a real absolute problem in the NFL. And he's got the frame to put that muscle on too, six at six, six. So it's not something you have to really be concerned about. I wouldn't at least Logan Hall is a bully in the run game with some go-to pass rush moves to win in the NFL today. He's got heavy hands, a thick base that projects into a starter now with tremendous upside down the road. I've got an 85 on Logan Hall, um, a lot higher than a, a lot of people. They've got him going in like the third, kind of floating in the fourth sometimes. This is a real, real good defensive lineman. He is my third defensive lineman on my board. Uh, I, I know you, you're a fan of Logan Hall too, right, Jimmy? I love Logan Hall. Yeah. And he, he is tied for my DT2 in or this class with Travis three? Jones. Three since you, DT3 since you've got two at number one or whatever. Yeah, if you want however to do you want to look yeah. at it. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, you mentioned um, Hall is he? He weighed in at I think two eighty five, two eighty three, something like that at yeah, the combine. He played his senior year inside at two sixty five, and still was able to hold up against double teams and make the plays that he made. So he is still very much filling out his frame and growing. So the fact that he put on as much weight as he did between the end of the season and the combine, I think, suggests that there's still room for him to put on good weight and get stronger and be even more of a bull. The guy is so much fun to watch. You mentioned he's got a great motor. He's got extremely strong hands. I mean, he hits people and they shudder, uh, comes off the ball, charges off the ball really low, has arguably the best step, best first step in this class among the uh, IDL. He and Winfrey are close when Winfrey isn't false starting. Um, <laughs> I think he's got the hand and core strength, the torque blockers and the whole very quick to find the ball. He's able to make plays in adjacent gaps. Uh, 
Hall swarms and envelops ball carriers in his area. He's able to open up his stride and chase people down between the numbers in pursuit. He generates a ton of downhill power in his bull rush. He has the makings of a really nice spin move like Garrett mentioned, which shows up versus the run and as a pass rusher. Also flashes a push, pull, a club, and a swim move. Uses his hands and feet to soften the edge beautifully. Able to bend the edge extremely well. I mean, 6'6", 285. He shouldn't be able to bend as well as he does, but he bends like an edge player at times. Um, he played a, he played edge and inside of college. I think his eventual landing spot is going to be a five technique with the ability to play inside a three technique. Uh, he is still growing, like Garrett mentioned. I think he's probably going to wind up playing somewhere between 290 and 300 pounds when all is said and done. Uh, the, he can struggle with double teams at times as a three technique and a one technique. He'll sometimes find himself on the ground. He gets a little frenetic uh, trying to get upfield and shoot gaps and bend the edge, and it can wind up him with him losing his balance. I think it's just a matter of teaching him how to control his body. I think it's there. He's a good enough athlete that I think he can do it. Uh, there's some hip tightness there, which you would expect for a guy his size that can lead to waist bending, uh, which can result in some contact balance issues, but I think it's a minor issue. He can play it. Like I mentioned, he can play a lot of control at times. He just tries to out muscle and out wrestle a lineman and tries to rush through contact, uh, lacks ideal length, but he makes up for it with quick, with a quick punch. And I think the pass rush is just unrefined right now, but it's going to get better. Uh, hall for me, like I said, he, I have an 83 on him. He projects as a four eye or a five eye and an odd front. He can play some three technique and pass rushing situations. He's just way too explosive and powerful for guards to handle and has the first step and quickness to penetrate when he has to. He possesses the advanced hand fighting ability to make him a terror as an interior rusher and still has room to pack on the bulk and strength to add it to, to aid him as a run defender. And like I said, he has the ability to play three technique on passing downs. This guy is so versatile and so good and so fun to watch and so athletic. Uh, he's, he's going to be really good. Beeline's oh, yeah. in the right system with proper coaching. He's going to be really good. And like mm -hmm. you said, this is a guy who, if you're talking about taking a defensive tackle in the first round, this is a guy that I would, I would probably pound the table for just because he is so skilled and still has so much room left to grow physically. And from a play standpoint, mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with you. 100%. All right. So we got one more defensive lineman before we get into our sleepers. Uh, the last one here is Fedarian Mathis out of Alabama. So Mathis played zero, one, three, and five techniques at Alabama. He's got a thick, powerful frame that allows him to generate power from his lower half. Really strong hands at initial punch. He'll snatch and displace guards and centers. He jolts and stuns O-lineman with his initial punch. Uh, Fedarius has an excellent anchor in the running game. He possesses the initial burst to explode into gaps and the lateral quickness to slide from gap to gap. Um, he's really bendy for a 300 pounder does a really nice job of getting a bending the edge and closing the distance to the QB. He has the ability to take on and deconstruct double teams. And he's also good in stunts and twists. Um, I think Mathis can be just a little bit slow reacting to the snap at times. The first step isn't great, but I think there's room for improvement there. Um, he doesn't have a ton of playmaking range in the running game outside of his gaps. He'll often shed too early and give ball carriers a chance to make him miss in space. The punch can be a little bit late at times. Um, he'll have a hard time keeping himself clean if he doesn't win the punch early. And 
he tends to run into blockers when asked to stunt and twist and lacks rush counters. So I have Mathis as an with an 80. So late second, early third round grade. He's a guy who I think will be a five technique at the next level. Uh, so if you're running an odd front like the Chargers do, he'd be a really good fit. Uh, basically a defensive tackle playing defensive end for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the flexibility to play some one technique, might be able to play inside for three technique in rush situations. Uh, he'll be very a very productive run defender right away, and I think he offers some upside as a complementary interior rusher. Um, I I think he was really um, – I think he was misused as a zero and a one technique at Alabama, had the ability to be more of a playmaker, and it just wasn't – it just wasn't tapped. It just wasn't what they had slotted for him. And I think he he has a lot more to offer as a disruptor and a playmaker at the next level. Yeah, I like. There's a lot to like about Mathis. Uh, I I like how technically sound he is. You rarely see him kind of out of position or his technique really waver. He uses his frame and muscle to take on blockers in the run game. He was six three at six three three ten. He's athletic for his size too as a pass rusher. He's always got his eyes in the backfield, following ball carriers and kind of moving linemen of where he wants to go. His hands are pretty strong. He exhibits a nice swim club. Also uses his hands to get in passing lanes. Mathis shows some nice flexibility too. His get-off isn't all that quick, and he isn't very strong in the open field, but Fidarian Mathis has the technique, frame, size, some pass-rushing capabilities to put himself ahead of some of these other interior linemen who, who need a lot of work. So to me, Mathis is a two-down player right away. He's got some three-down three possibilities. Uh, this is a late second-round guy for me too, a little bit higher. I've got him at an 82, but about that end of second, early third, uh, some – He's got some moves right away, some skills that you can definitely build on, and a guy that the Chargers might see there in the middle of the third round. Yeah, it's entirely possible. I've seen him yeah. slot anywhere from the third round to the early second round. So yeah, he could definitely be there, but I think mm-hmm. there's some upside there to tap into. Um, mm-hmm. Some, I definitely think there's some pass rush upside um, with proper coaching. It just For didn't. sure. He, I think he had eight, eight or nine sacks last year. Most of them were clean up, but he mm-hmm. does have the opportunity to get to the quarterback. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our sleepers, Jamie. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you start. Who you got? All right. I have two sleepers. One is oh, okay. a third round and one is kind of a later sleeper. So the third round sleeper that I have is Matthew Butler from Tennessee. Um, Butler is a guy who plays with a level of burst athleticism and bend that aligns with the athletic testing at the combine. He has the twitch and lateral quickness to leap from gap to gap as a run defender. He's capable of occupying blockers as a two gapping defensive tackle or slanting, slashing, and penetrating as a one gapper. Butler has strong hands and plays with leverage. He's able to jostle and shed defenders when it's time to find the ball and make a play. Butler's Motor runs hot all the time, and his athleticism gives him surprising playmaking range. He understands how to find, soften, and shorten the edge on stunts, twists, and loops, and he involves ball carriers in his playmaking when they're in his playmaking radius. Uh, Butler is a guy who lacks ideal length. His arms are a little bit short. He can lead, and that can lead to him losing the punch and having a hard time disengaging. Uh, the lower body is a tiny bit lean, and he'll have to get a little bit stronger. Uh, Butler's rush counters are a work in progress. He can be stymied if he doesn't win off the snap. He'll sometimes lose his balance uh, when attempting to shoot gaps. The hand placement and timing is still a work in progress. He can be overzealous in trying to shoot gaps and take himself out of plays. For me, Butler projects as 
either a three technique or a five technique at the next level. I think he can do both. He might be better suited to playing five technique where he doesn't have to take on quite so many double teams. Uh, he does handle tackles pretty well. Uh, I think the first step, the lateral quickness, the bend, and the ability to flatten the edge give him considerable upside as an interior rusher. He'll have to bulk up and add functional strength, but he's a high-energy uh, interior defensive lineman with the ability to develop into a starter. I have a 76 on him, so mid-third oh. round grade. Oh, okay. Yeah, I watched a little bit. I watched some Butler. I'm, I'm a little bit lower on him, but there's definitely a day three guy that I think has some definite, definite upside that you want to tap into if he's available. So uh, I've got one sleeper, so you can do your second after this one. But um, I... You know, I, I was just watching a guy that I think isn't getting as much love as everybody else that I have a little bit higher than some of the guys that we covered, and that's uh, Neil Farrell Jr. at LSU. He is uh, obviously not a deep sleeper, but kind of a forgotten name a little bit. Hard worker up front, getting to look get dirty as much as possible. He's quick off the line, uses his strong hands to engage first. He's got the upper body strength to drive and shed blockers. He's got good length to keep linemen at bay too. Um, Farrell offers very little as a pass rusher, but Neil Farrell Jr. offers good value as a very, very good run stuff from the NFL. The clog lanes will elevate your run defense right away. A guy that's going in day three, I've got a low third round grade on him, a 71. Um, but a guy that if you want to get in there, a big body to eat up some space and help your run game, I think Farrell's the, the guy to do that, the uh, kid at LSU. Okay. Um, my second sleeper is Thomas Booker from Stanford. Um, and he kind of fits in the same, the same mold as, um, as Farrell, in my opinion, he's, uh, Booker is a kind of guy who's a blue collar five technique, uh, that you want in your rotation. He's solidly built flashes, heavy hands, and is able to generate power from his lower half. Booker's eyes are always in the backfield. He's quick to locate the ball and shed tacklers. Um, he might be more of a one to a one and a half gapper at the next level. Um, did show the lateral quickness to leap into adjacent gaps at Stanford. Booker routinely torques blockers side to side to find the ball. He's scrappy. He's a high effort guy, high energy guy who works his tail off to carry out his assignment and has a decent bull rush to help uh, collapse the pocket. Uh, I think Booker can kind of struggle identifying and deconstructing double teams at times. Uh, he, oh, uh, really precise punchers can untrack his rush a little bit. He, his lack of depth shows up when he when he sticks to blockers as a rusher, and in his struggles with finishing tackles. Uh, limited playmaking radius for Booker. Complete lack of the complete lack of counters as a rusher is a problem, but it's something that can be developed. Uh, unlikely to have many plays extending beyond his gap. Sack and pressure production waned in his junior and Caesar season, junior and senior seasons. He can have a hard time shedding blockers. I think Booker projects as a run stuffing five technique in an odd front with the ability to push and collapse the pocket. He's a high energy, high effort guy who works to remain active in the running game. His athletic testing suggests he might have more to offer as a pass rusher with proper coaching, but it's going to take some time to develop the counters. I have a 68 on him. So kind of an early fourth round pick. He's a guy who I think will go somewhere in day three. I know the Chargers have been are going to have a meeting with him here pretty soon. And he's a guy who, if you're just looking for somebody to do the dirty work and bring his lunch pail every day, mm -hmm. Booker's the kind of guy who can do that. 
Awesome. All right. Well, I've got a top 10. I don't know what you have, but um, you want to give whatever your top, however many you've got there on your list? Okay. So my top 10 working from 10 to one, uh, my number 10 is Aoma Owazariki from Iowa state. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a 67 on him. Um, my number nine is Thomas Booker with a 68. My number eight is Perion Winfrey with a 74. My number seven is Matthew Butler with a 76. Um, my number six is Fedarian Mathis with an 81. And then I have, um, Travis Jones and Logan Hall are tied for third mm-hmm. with an 83 and Jordan Davis and Devonte Wyatt are tied with an 84 at number one. All right. So starting with 10, I've got John Ridgeway, the defensive tackle out of Arkansas. Matthew Butler is number nine. They both have a 69. Uh, number eight is Jaden Peavy, the other Texas A&M defensive tackle with a 70. I've got Neil Farrell at 71. Perion Winfrey at 72 is number six. Number five is Fedarian Mathis with an 82. Number four is Travis Jones. I've got Logan Hall as my number three with an 85. I've got Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis tied with an 86, but I'm going to put Jordan Davis at number two and Devontae Wyatt because of his versatility and pass rushing upside as my number one defensive tackle in this class. And that does it for us. Thank you so much, guys. Mock drafts coming up soon. Make sure to join Patreon, YouTube, Twitter, follow us everywhere. Come say hi. We appreciate every one of you. I am at Garrisisti on Twitter. Jamie? At lightning underscore round. And keep your eyes open for a non-Patreon Twitter contest that we'll be running leading up to the draft where we'll be giving away some lightning round t-shirts. That's right. All right, guys. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.